everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. Please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that the man writing you incredibly seductive letters is not whom he claims to be. <gasps> well, what? That no. is right. We are stuck in a teeny bit of a, a literary track this last month, and right now we are covering films and adaptations about Cyrano de Bergerac. But I cannot do it alone. Um, I am joined by a woman with the longest schnoz you've ever ever seen, Sonia Stanger, and a real handsome but stupid lout, Jeremy Legui. Hi, y'all. Uh, hello. Hello. Hi, yeah. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> <hi. laughs> I'm going to fall, fall back out of character now. Please do. We need you to be smart for this podcast. A couple seconds of character work is all we can get. I was, I was, in, it, I was in it so deep. I was in it so deep. <laughs> deep but brief. <laughs> deep but brief is not a not a good technique. It's not very well, Meisner of you. Depends who you ask. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, we got these two hopped up on cold meds. And, <laughs> and now the, <laughs> it's all coming out. Okay, you guys... What oh. what is your encounter with Cyrano? When did that big nose first prod into your brain? Uh, okay, I have a great answer for this question. Oh, so geez. first and foremost, I've, I've I've picked up on references. Like I've mm-hmm. seen, like I think there's a Simpsons one, and there's like a few other things. Oh, and yeah, obviously the sure. like the like balcony situation is quite famous, right? But uh, this is it. This is the first time. This is the first time I've actually really? taken in a full... Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd seen a bit of Roxanne before. Not the whole thing. Um, but, like, this is literally my first actual entry into, like, the entire story. And, uh, gotta say, it's pretty charming. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, like the whole... Like, I really enjoyed myself this week watching a few depictions of this... Um, that uh, some faithful, some not that faithful. Mm. But, some quite uh, unfaithful. Yes. There you go. Sonia, what about you? Yeah, um, similar story. I had a friend in, I want to say like early high school, maybe late elementary school, who was like a big theater nerd who was like, we got to watch this Steve Martin movie, Roxanne, that's um, an adaptation of this play that I'm doing. And so I don't even know, I, again, I don't know if I watched the whole thing at that time or if I just watched part of it and then, like, had to go home for supper. Um, <laughs> and then I, I do feel that I perhaps encountered either, like, a passage or, like, references to Cyrano in high school French class once again, mm-hmm. similar to, uh, a, similar to a, a Victor Hugo situation. Um, so, like, but again, yeah mostly through osmosis through the same like cultural osmosis that we've been talking about with i think most of these adaptations facts of these literary works just seem to like filter themselves into your mind whether or not you've actually encountered the material itself Mm -hmm. it is so true it really seeps because Mm -hmm. i was also trying because i'm like obviously i've never read the play um would not could not get me to (laughs) Maybe I would. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty, my lord. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, the 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 tale of Roxanne and Serrano and Christian. Um, I guess I've probably seen a lot of adaptations, but didn't really know that it was a mm. uh, it was a situation, a Cyrano situation, because mm-hmm. a lot of works kind of follow this. It's kind of a nice classic. What am I trying to say? It's like a it's like a play setup. Mm-hmm. It is a play. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like a premise or like a trope. It's a nice pre- play premise because it's like mistaken identity. It's hijinks. Yeah. Even someone posing some as someone ones, else. Some of the ones we watched this week uh, are very dramatic and yeah. not as madcap as you, as you want it. But like you guys said, Roxanne is a perfect of, example of it being pretty madcap and hilarious while mm-hmm. also sticking... Yeah, I guess. Do you guys want to talk about the this sort of classic setup a bit more? Why why do we keep using it? Why does it keep popping itself up? Well, like of this story, you mean? Yeah, I think the theme of like 
the fear of not being loved because of the way the world perceives you is like a pretty deep universal, you know? Like, I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. of relatability there. Um, And yeah, like, like I think it, it can like tie into a lot of broader or like deeper human ideas that really get us going. Mm -hmm. I, I also think like I, there are, Maybe it's because it's kind of a newer a newer thing to me, but I'm sure that I have been exposed to stuff. But there are sort of, like, key moments that I really appreciated throughout all of the depictions. And uh, another thing that I also appreciated was the sort of, like, prehistory. So, full disclosure, Cyrano was in love with his cousin. The Distant cousin. cousin. Yeah, some of them say that. Some of them some don't. Some of them are like, no, so, our dad is your my sister. Yeah. Distant. Yeah, she lives five miles out of town. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, let's just say it's distant enough not to make it weird. But I did really appreciate the fact that it wasn't just the same, like, boy meets girl mm-hmm. thing again. And, like, that's there. I know. And it's You're more of a clever boy way. meets that's cousin fun. story. Yeah. The, yeah. No, oh, the here classic. we go again. Um, uh, but I did I did think it was good that, like, in most of the depictions, they kind of have, uh, like, a relationship already. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not coming into it. Roxanne is different. Um, but we're not coming into it with, like, this, like, there's no history or whatever. And then she meets this, like, uh, you know, dumb, pretty new guy. And I think seeing things from that, like, skewed angle is really fun, especially because we're so used to, like, a typical romantic comedy that's like, here, you know, here's our main character, and here's our other person who works at an ad agency, and they meet, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of exhausting, so that was really refreshing. Yeah, um... That is, I I guess I'm, I was a little annoyed by a few of them where they're like, Roxanne is like a very, is also like a fierce intellectual in her own right. But then as soon as she sees this man, she falls like head over heels, like unspoken. Mm -hmm. But I appreciated how they tackle that in Roxanne, where Daryl Hannah also thinks that she sees him buying um, a book that she admires. And so she's like, okay, this man is deeper than I thought. Because, (laughs) yeah, like, the Cyrano storyline is basically the the, um, original catfish. Like, it's the blueprint Mm, uh, of, like, (laughs) the misrepresentation. Um, But... Should we tell the people? Okay, I guess, yeah, we might as well talk about what the story is. Basically, there's a man named Cyrano who is very witty, but he finds himself unattractive for some reason. Usually a a physical attribute. He's Mm -hmm. either got a big nose, or in a few cases, he's a frumpy talk show host, or whatever. What have you. In all these. (laughs) (laughs) Or he has a big, big brain. And Mm -hmm. um, so then he... He is in love with Roxanne. Roxanne and him are pretty good friends, but she doesn't really see him in that way. But then she sees another guy who's very hot, and she's like, ooh, into it. And then uh, Cyrano wants her to be happy, so he's like, you know what? I will ghostwrite for you, and you can say all my beautiful words and my witticisms because you are mm-hmm. dumb. And then she falls in love with him. Madcaps ensue. In some cases, there's a lot of death. Or doesn't have to be, but eventually at the end. Roxanne sees that Serrano is who he really is. And maybe they fall in love. Maybe. Or maybe they but die bloody know. deaths. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. I think in the play, everyone's dead. Yeah. You, Except you always got to love, like, uh, you know, like you're watching like a very faithful version. And it's like 15 years later. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I would, No, no, no. That's Let's have this go over there. in a weekend. Come on. <laughs> um, okay, this is a, another part that is related to this, but in movies where they have to write someone with like a devastating wit, do you think that comes off quite cringy in the writing sometimes? Or or t- can it work? Is this just me? 
No, it's. I think it's the age-old problem of when you have someone in a movie who's really good at something. How do you how how do you faithfully depict or like accurately depict that they are actually really good at that thing? Um, and I think you're right, Sean, that it has the potential. And in several of these cases, where you're just like, okay, but is he that witty? Like. <laughs> Like, he's just saying some weird puns. Yeah, he's mostly just saying puns. Like, he is spitting bars at this moment. (laughs) But why do we, why is it rhyming couplets? Uh, Okay. (laughs) And it does really come down to who you pick to play, Cyrano. Mm -hmm. Like, that is the big, the big thing. Because, uh, spoiler alert, and we're probably going to talk about this later, but uh, Megamind is a uh, Cyrano based work. From DreamWorks, mm-hmm. and uh, classic. I, I th- touching all I think, the literary f- f- works. I think they very cleverly like leaned out of that thing. Like it's not like he's witty; he's just very different and smart. You know, like, and I think if you cast the right person or if you play that the right way, it kind of does. Like it can work, but other times you're like, oh, this person's just a jerk. Yeah, like you know, yeah. like that's it. Like this might not be witty. You, they might just be an a hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> age old tale. Honestly, okay. sometimes justified, sometimes not. Let's get into some of the the things we watched this week. I presume that we have all watched nineteen eighty somethings. Roxanne, eighty seven, I think. And yes, yep. What a great year. What a great, <laughs> great year! Um, uh, may I, may I, may I say something before we get into Roxanne? Yes, please. And this is an observation that I've had, and I'm so mm-hmm. curious. I was going to text you guys, but I want to talk about it on air. So, in Roxanne, uh, the Cyrano character played by Steve Martin is a fire chief, and he works with his like fire chief. Well, his fireman, yeah. his fire fireman. He works with his fireman for some mm-hmm. reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, there is a lot of background action about these firemen. Yes. That is really fun. They're like, constantly really great. busy, busy. Yeah, and like they're, they're doing stuff, but like sometimes you just like catch the end of a, a boxing bet or something. You know, like like it's just these crazy weird little things. Do you guys think that that's like a background theater action thing brought to film? Like the whole time I was like, oh, these are really fun moments. That like could be happening stage left as the action's happening. Yeah. And I wonder if they actually put like thought and time into the like, oh, let's insert these really fun things because, you know, like people know what's happening. Let's add a dash of the theater. Yeah. Like what happens, you know, like, like we'll sort of look back to the roots of this. Anyway, I was curious, like I didn't see any specific references that I like tried to find online, but uh, it was... I, I don't know. It was like a very theatery thing, I felt. What did you guys think? That is a, that's a good point. They did try to inject, or I felt that they tried to inject a few um, little winks to its source material. Like how when Steve Martin is at the beginning of, of the film and he is walking and doing this sort of insane improv uh just like talking to himself as he walks and that was hard to watch honestly it's just like walk 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 and I slide down the stairs and I keep walking here and I keep yeah. walking there and I'm like they didn't need to have that but it ends with him getting in like a jousting match with two like drunk tennis men who this town mm-hmm. is crawling with people playing tennis also but mm-hmm. um and they have like a bit of a jousting match and he shows off his physical prowess. Actually, yeah. there's many times in this in this film he shows off that he's extremely Full acrobatics. Athletic. Yeah, yeah. But um, he yeah, scales a building with ease. Yes, he's like doing Olympic style like Vaulting. poles and horse uneven bars. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I I feel like they could have done that. They could have added a few. Mm-hmm. Um, winks to the source. Yes. Yeah, that is a really interesting thought, Jer, because the whole time I was like, what is the point of this fire... These guys being terrible firefighters <laughs> plot, like side plot. Mm-hmm. What is it? What is I, this? Also... Why do you have Fred a- Willard if you're not going to make him do anything? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> There's a part of me that wonders, like, do you guys think maybe this movie was originally a lot longer and they cut a bunch of stuff out? Because it felt so disjointed to me and I feel like it would just, like, cut into a scene and it would just be, like, mid-scene. And I get that that's, like, a style and that can be a choice, a little in media res situation, but, like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like it happened a lot where it would just be, like, no explanation, you're in the middle of a different scene and you're like, what is happening? But but then they'd have a five-minute scene of Steve Martin typing at a typewriter and a man flying in the air on the on the heels of a of a fi- of like a fire hose behind him for so long. For some it's reason. Like, so, so this you chose to really yeah. include. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I felt I did feel that song as well. Like there might be a lot that we don't see here. Like I I also just sort of got that vibe, but. Um, I don't did it did you guys also feel like it was weird that well okay first of all the opening scene I will say is a masterwork in what different lenses can do for depth in terms of how big his nose is mm. but um did you guys also feel that like I like I I don't think stream of consciousness is the right word but it did feel like like okay what's the least amount of detail we need to get this point across from moment to moment and then like a super long scene like like oh we'll get all these setups and and like oh this you know balcony thing is really important so let's give it 20 minutes yeah Yeah. and you're just like oh man like you know scene as long as the nose on your face or like the scene (laughs) when he thinks up 20 sick burns yeah yeah that he would say to himself in that bar and the crowd is just lapping it up um, I I did really like that scene <laughs> with his friend, um, Shelley Duvall, who also very criminally underused. Yeah, um, it's just there. Like why you why you have Shelley Shelley Duvall and Fred Willard if you literally don't want to use them? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also I would also say Dara Han- Daryl Hannah is underutilized as well, just because I feel like I mean at the start. I think the movie had a very strong start in mm-hmm. terms of them. You, like, you mean because up... the, when we meet Daryl Hannah, her clothes fly off. That's. I mean, it's a plus, <laughs> but um, I, I I did feel like their little. Uh, I don't know if you call it a meet cute or whatever. Like their first interaction, I thought was really entertaining and very fun, and like it was just the two. Like it was just the two of them, and they you know, were like really was... tossing barbs back and forth mm-hmm. when yes. she's like. Nobody had a coat, and he's like, "You said you didn't want a coat." And she's <laughs> like, "You're an idiot." Um, yeah, I Daryl is. She's like beautiful in this film. And okay, no, I just yeah. want to. But like, is she? Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Coming, coming, coming for the beauty of Daryl. Speaking of stream of consciousness, it's just it's something I wrote down because it, I was thinking about this a lot in watching this movie, where I was like. Isn't Daryl Hannah like a major sex symbol? But like, is she actually hot or is she just skinny and blonde? This is a question. Well, she has a very androgynous face as I did text you guys. I was (laughs) like, am I tripping that that Daryl Hannah has Jonathan Groff's face? And I stand stand by the fact that (laughs) that he just, his mask is on her face. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But... Um, I don't know. I think I thought she was she's very gorgeous. Yeah, but maybe no, she's I, just I think she, maybe she's just blonde and skinny. I don't know. I don't know. Like she's, she's no. Yeah, uh, it's no Jurassic Park. I right? knew like, you we were going to say that. <laughs> we, know, <laughs> we, we know that that's even though no, I, even though Daryl is also a woman in STEM in this, so you'd think you'd get your motor running a bit. Which I did. <laughs> okay, sorry, Sean. I completely <laughs> derailed you with my just full. <laughs> stream of consciousness conjecture about your madness. your pushback on daryl hannah yeah. sorry daryl mm-hmm. uh march is coming daryl we're gonna talk about it in march oh god <laughs> the works of daryl <laughs> hannah for march madness i figured we'd do jonathan groff versus daryl hannah uh, but <laughs> um Incredible. there's also who, who wore better the uh the love interest chris is very Nooch, like he's giving nothing, and maybe this is a part of what you're saying, where he's just as like, yeah, she's like, she's cool, and sure, I'd love to get to know her or whatever. And then 
he leaves her, he leaves town with the waitress <laughs> after a two minute scene of them talking <laughs> at a bar. And then he mm-hmm. is in her car and she's like, you're ready to go. And he's like, I got to say goodbye. I got to write her a letter and say goodbye. And I was like, this really, he cut and ran so yeah. quickly. Mm-hmm. It wraps up quick, this one. Yeah. And I don't know. I felt like they needed at least to build up that relationship between those two a bit more or something. Mm-hmm. But I do think that this depiction did have all of the sort of very key moments that you need to make this whole thing work. And um, I I think Steve Martin did a, a very good job. I still, like, there's parts where you're like, he's just a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and and I think that's part of the character. Okay. From all the things I've seen. When she discovers uh, that he is the one, he b- throws it back at her so meanly. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you can wait to get in the bed with him. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> I, what is your problem? Yeah, that is definitely one thing that made this movie a lot less fun for me is that there's just so much casual misogyny and objectification of women, like, from the go. And there's, I think there's a way for it to be, like, you know, playfully, like, body. Like, you know, I'm not saying, like, even her being naked at the beginning, like, whatever, that's fine. But just, like, the mm-hmm. constant, like, talking about women's yeah, bodies like- and... Every fireman that walks in the door is like, waka wah, who was that? Yeah, (laughs) it got old for me. And I think, well, maybe it just wore me down. Because I did feel for the first third that it wasn't that bad. Like, I, or maybe I just got sick of it to, like, after the first third. And then that's what happened. But um, this is also, like, the whitest movie of all. Yeah. Yeah. There's literally, like, 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 a Wayans brother is a fireman that has one line. Yeah, for 12 seconds. Yeah. Like, aren't there two characters named, like, Dean and Kip? <laughs> like, like the whitest, the <laughs> whitest names that I, I, I was, I was actually, like, aghast at that. Like, I was so surprised. And does it, do, do we know where they are? Like, it's Maine. I'm getting, yeah, like, it's I'm somewhere getting Maine. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, I don't know. It is just so crazy how, like, I don't know, white. There's, <laughs> yeah. It all is. There's some funny choices. And, like, they use, there's, like, this foursome of old ladies that kind of trot around town <laughs> that they use for, like, jokes. The, the one I, there was a, a very extended scene where they think that an alien is trying to have sex with old women and they run towards <laughs> the alien, which is insane. But, and for no reason, because he falls out of a tree. That's, like, his plan we don't to know. get, to, like, to basically... Um, fun Get them block, off his scent. fun block. Um, Chris and oh. Roxanne, because they're like oh, hooking up, block. and then he's like, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't think of another way to say there's, it. There's um, aliens having perfect. sex with old women. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was his plan. But the, the one joke I did really laugh at is when the four women are carrying like tennis stuff, and they're like all grumbling and like walking, and he's like, "Tough day, eh, ladies?" And they're like, "We're just on our way over." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there were some good gags. Some good gags. There were, and I did appreciate the like, uh, like when they, the firemen drove with the ladder up and it went through the building. Like a part of me was like, "Oh, this is really stupid," but I also I really like it. Like yeah. I, it made <laughs> that me chuckle. Was so stupid. <laughs> but you're right, Jer. Actually, now that you say it, that, that they are very theatrical background characters. Yeah, like, it, I and I think that, like, they're, like, I think they must have been, like, oh, it's a play, so mm. let's do something, right? Because they could have just been doing uh, folding hoses, I don't know. <laughs> like, folding they, hoses. They could have just, yeah, just been doing whatever. You, you think that's but, what uh, the people that protect us are doing? <laughs> Sometimes, at least. You're right, I guess there is yeah. downtime. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, well, any final thoughts on Rogue Sand? Did you guys catch Did you guys catch the weird like voiceover over the credits at the end? Did you No, yes. I turned it off immediately. <laughs> I could not <laughs> handle it. She goes, "Oh, I I decided what to name that meteor that I found." And he goes like, "Oh, what did you name it?" And she's like, "Charlie." And he's like, "Oh, that's so sweet." And she's like, "It's my dad's name." 
And he's like, oh, and then that's the end. Like, what? Like, mm-hmm. you just had Why to get a little I... Freud in at the end? Or what? Why, so is that I feel his like... name? Yeah. 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 Oh. I feel like it was absolutely cut from a scene. I like, like <laughs> I was And they're like we just can't let it go. We got to put we got to get this gem in. <laughs> I was so confused. One last nugget for the people. Yeah, it was weird. Well, it is time for y'all to write us three letters a day and intimidate us fiercely romantically. Um <laughs> and we'll be right back on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio tuned into the community. And we are back on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking. Uh, <laughs> we will be back talking Serrano de Bergerac. Dang. We'll be right back. We'll be right back doing that. Um, but after, after we're going to play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people. Wow. <laughs> For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend, I think it was like 20 seconds this week, looking for a title related to our topic that these two have hopefully not seen. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, we all have a great time. You guys ready to play the game? I'm ready. This week's title is Love Letters. That title again, Love Letters. Love Letters. Love Letters. Love Letters. Okay, I think I got one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think Love Letters is a comedy from the early 2000s set in a high school. It's a Cyrano story, but it's gender swapped because okay. it's the early 2000s and they like to goof around go. like that. So That's what would happen. Saying that as is. a woman whose favorite movie is not I'm the Man, but <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, fair. Um. Uh, so, okay, awkward teenage girl, um, she's, you know, super hideous, by which I mean wears glasses and has a ponytail, uh, yeah, maybe she's, like, a size eight, because it's the early 2000s, and that, you know, (laughs) means that you're, you don't fit the beauty standard in that time, um, she's Mm -hmm. in love with the, uh, very beautiful and surprisingly deep captain of the high school football team, who himself falls in love with the new transfer, um, the beautiful uh, dancer, Roxanne, um, <laughs> which is what it was, and his name is Christian. Um, and so uh, Roxanne and the main girl, whose, girl, whose name is Cicely, um, become friends, actually. They have like a cute little lunchroom line interaction. And um, Cicely starts uh, MSN messengering with Mm-mm. Christian uh, in Roxanne's name and and pulls the catfish to pulls the Cyrano and that is and that's that <laughs> uh, well wow, pulls you. the catfish thank um you. I believe love letters is about a woman named Cheryl love who <gasps> her her job is that she writes greeting cards uh people write into her and they're like oh i'm really bad at writing but i'm writing a greeting card to my mom or my sister or whatever and she writes very thoughtful cards and she has a repeat customer known only by exchin um and he is always like you are such a beautiful writer you do such good work for my sister's baby card all the things that i get you to buy and she's like honestly i'm attracted to you too from just your letters and uh, so they have a little will they won't they but through the mail, and eventually Ooh. they meet up and it's obviously hot, and they love each other. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you both for your uh, encouraging ideas. Uh, both <laughs> wrong in all ways, shapes, and forms, but that's totally okay. Um, this one's a bit of a curveball, <gasps> and I don't know that I expected it, uh, and it's not in the way that you think it is, um, but. Uh, Love Letters is a 1945 American film noir. Uh, the screenplay was adapted by Ayn Rand, oh. which is just a strange <laughs> little twist on this whole. Okay, nope, writer. neither did I. Neither did I. She pulled a uh, real Serrano on us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's also based off a novel called Pity My Simplicity, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not a, super familiar with. That's a very interesting. Yes, it is. Uh, so the setting for this one is uh, World War II, 
and our main character is an American soldier. Hot. Uh, and he has a friend named Roger, who not hot. <laughs> uh, r- writes a lot of love letters home, and he's helping him sort of do this. Uh, as far as I can tell, like there's like Cyrano's like a comedy drama, and they drop the comedy half mm. certainly for this uh, this one. Mm. Um, but the the I can't even remember the name of the lady that Jennifer Jones is who. Oh no, she plays the Jennifer curler? Jones. Sorry. It, no, different lady, uh, is the actress who is, uh, won an Academy Award for her performance, but she plays a character with two personalities, because there's a murder, oh. and Whoa. it seems very confusing, and, like, very, sort of, like, wrapped up in all these things. Anyway, I've actually tried, this is probably one of the first, or few times, that I've had to, like, look up backups to try and understand fully what's going on. I have not been able to watch it, but I might... Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it seems so crazy. Anyway, um, if you're into that sort of thing, maybe check out Love Letters from That's 1945. It is a lot. I'm not going to try and unpack it here because it. She danced. She's packed tight. Um, yeah, there you go. You guys, thank you for playing the game. And thank you for playing the game. Thank Sonya. you, Sonia. And thank Serana you, Um, every time you say it i think of the ham (laughs) the the ham um okay let's talk more adapt let's talk more adaptations Mm -hmm. have you guys seen the um the truth about cats and dogs no yeah i i saw that it existed and then very much wanted to not watch it well i watched it when i was younger it's, I think I may have as well. Um, but it's Janine Garofalo is a talk show, like, vet, talk show vet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People call in to her show and she cures their pets and everyone, and she's very smart and, like, funny. Um, and a man calls in and she's like, and he's like, I'm so attracted to you. And she's like, me to you as well. <laughs> um, but then she's like, but I'm so frump. And but she's but her Daffy next door neighbor Uma Thurman, she she's like I'm tall and I'm blonde and she describes Uma. So then she makes Uma go on the dates with this guy, um, and she sort of feeds her vet advice and witticisms, and eventually it obviously falls apart, unravels, and in the end she Janine hooks up with the dude. And Uma I maybe have seen this. I can't tell if I've seen this or if it's just every romantic comedy, and that's why I think and that's the thing. It's a very it, tight, like it's a ninety-five minute rom com from I, I an think, era that you I, expect. I am confident that I have not watched this over fifty times on TBS The Superstation, as it was just on, and I was building my Legos or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that that certainly could have happened. Filtered through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys watch anything else this week? Uh, Sanj, do you want to go first? Or should I go? You go. You go ahead. Okay. Uh, I watched a few. I I like really? I, I kind of yeah I kind of got into the whole the whole situation here. Um, I was able to grab uh Cyrano de Bergerac from nineteen fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it stars Ho- Jose Ferrer as Cyrano. Uh. Very, very much uh, the source material for the Steve Martin Roxanne mm. bit. Um, does does and he do a I, nose? Oh, oh yeah, there's a nose. Oh, there's definitely oh, a nose. Oh, we're not gonna. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Um, but also, like, I think they like shot for shot created the insult scene with the twenty insults. Oh. Uh, and um, it was. I don't know. It was just really fun. Um, it was. Like, really nice to see a very, like, put-together black-and-white film with uh, dudes who are definitely, like, fencing with swords that are probably too sharp uh, Mm. (laughs) for what they're doing. And uh, also kind of just, like, really incredible, not stunts, but, like, like sword tricks and stuff that they probably just had to practice for months and months to do. Or Mm. maybe they were better at it when they, like, maybe that's why he got the job, I don't know. Um, a pretty faithful retelling uh, from the play, from what I can gather, uh, especially when, uh, like, they go to war and stuff. Uh, one thing 
that's really funny to me is that they all just wear the same costume the whole time. Oh, like a play. Like a play. Like a play. And uh, it just kind of kills me because, like, scene for scene, you know, Cyrano's doing his whatever thing. And, like, you know, months later, he's at war. And, like, I just wear the same stuff I'd wear at home. Like, like literally no difference at all. You know what? Um, who, are we to, who are we to judge a, a low budge, you know? Ab- absolutely. We've got one anyway, suit. Yeah, it's true. Um, absolutely holds up. Beautifully shot. Beautifully done. Uh, just a really great sort of 113-minute mm. uh, version <laughs> of Cyrano. <laughs> Sonia, I know you watched another this week. I did. I another think we gem. maybe all did. I don't know if we all did or if just Sean and I did. Um, and this was... Just from last year, uh, Cyrano starring Peter Dinklage, which is a musical, which I didn't know. I know. You told me that, and I still wasn't prepared. Yeah. Well, because also. So, like, because there's minimal music. Mm -hmm. Would you say that? Like, it's it's a very, it leads vocals first. Yeah. Well, because, okay, when you were watching it, Sean. Did it remind you of any music that you've heard before? It was like, uh, hmm. If I say the band The National. Yes, actually, you're right. It does remind me of The National. So I was watching it and I was like, why does this musical sound like it was written by The National? And do you want to know why, Sean? Well, it's probably... um, (laughs) It was. It's probably because... (laughs) Well, and, and also just because Peter Dinklage has a good five notes, like yeah. he just really rides the low, the low train, mm-hmm. which is fine. But he didn't really get out of that that often. No, yeah. but the music didn't and, really ask for him to. No, either. Mm-hmm. But and he was also vocal about like not being the best option in terms of singing. Mm-hmm. But he uh, was. I gotta say, very good. He and held I the did, whole thing together for me. I did tear up at the end. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, no, you go. It, <laughs> well, it's just do you, like do you guys think that the Broadway helped this production? No, right? <laughs> I thought no? it was bad. What do you mean? I thought the songs were bad. Yeah, the songs were almost exclusively bad. Yeah. But like, wasn't like how long? Because these, this whole crew was on Broadway for a bunch of time, were they not? I don't know. Really? Were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they doing moved this. Everyone. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Did not they know moved. The, they moved <laughs> the whole the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is I was the, too busy yeah. watching like people do a a dance making dough or whatever <laughs> was going. The three yeah. woman dough dance. Uh yeah. I don't know how long, it doesn't say how long they were on, um, but it was also like a COVID situation and they didn't record any, they recorded all the music on set live. Oh. Yeah. Like, like it was all like, like it was like a, like when I was complaining about Hamilton, this is what I was looking for. Um, like, was, the, like, I got a Hamilton vibe when yeah. he was, when he was jousting the actor which I thought was quite rude, honestly. <laughs> he he interrupted this man's play and was like, you suck, get off stage, and then uh, fought fought a fop and then killed him uh, and homophobic. And Okay, fair, but also <laughs> he was going to let him live and then the fop tried to pull a dirty trick. That dirty fop, <laughs> yeah. No, the, the fop didn't the pull pens. a dirty trick. Um, but yeah, that part when he was like, I don't know, there was some sort of driving beat. Maybe it was like the the crowd was like stomping or something. And he was like, he was sort of like half rapping over it. I felt very like, oi, 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 we got a, we got a Lin-Manuel over here. (laughs) Um, I thought the guy that played Christian, he had like the only good song. Um, I thought the song with like the soldiers a... was good. Oh, that was my worst song <laughs> 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 to me. No, 
when those men were just there was like a bunch of men just sitting around and being like I love you to the end of time. <laughs> like, tell him I love her. And I'm like, who die. are you? Why do we care about <laughs> well, you? That, it was, I think, supposed to illustrate, like, that the conflict and the war, which, like, they I were know. only there to die because of this, like, petty drama between Dagish and Cyrano, or, and Christian. Sorry, can you say that word again, too? Because I was like, what are they saying? Dagish. Dagish? Dagish. It's his name. <laughs> like, of something. Oh, It's probably okay. a place name, it would be my guess. It's He's probably, like, the Count Dagish. Like, he's, like, a count or something. Because, <laughs> like, Peter just kept being like, oh, the Geish is here. I'm like, the Geish? <laughs> <laughs> this is why watching everything with subtitles is helpful because it spells yeah, it out for you. Um, but anyway, I, I thought that was impactful, but fair that there are different ways to feel about it. Overall, yeah, I feel like the music didn't add a lot for me. Yeah, I, I think it could have been, I think it might have been stronger without, uh, as, as many of these depictions are. Um, but I mean, you got to go for it at some point, right? Yeah. The, and like, the, the, oh, sorry, I was just going to say the part when Roxanne was sort of worshiping the letter, like in her bed, like up and down, uh, sun salutations, cow, cat. Uh, I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> I looked away. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing I think, a, a, I think a lot of movement work. <laughs> But, like, they really did go for it. And, like, obviously, I'm mm-hmm. going to be a little biased because Joe Wright directed this. And Joe Wright also directed the 2005 adaptation of Pride and Prejudice that has me mm-hmm. and its grips forever. And there were some mm-hmm. hallmarks of him, like, just some really beautiful shots and stuff that I was like, Joe, I see you. I see you. Um, yeah. Oh, Joe. And I do think Dinklage put his whole... I almost said something. Yeah, I was going to say that. And I was like, that's the cold medication. Don't say it. But he really (laughs) did. He put it all in. Like his commitment to this. Peter was mother for this one. Peter, (laughs) Peter, like just, he was so committed. And he made, because at first I was like, okay, I can't take this seriously. I'm not feeling this. I don't know. And then he really hooked me with his emotion. Like, yeah. he's just so good. It doesn't work to me, actually, though, because he's very hot. Um, but that's... He's also... I mean, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, like, just curious about everyone's ages in this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Every, all of the three main characters are, like, 20 years apart. Yes. <laughs> but whatever. Nothing. But I think I'll... I don't know. Maybe the that's vibe from the whole... The vibe from the whole spectrum of Cyrano here is that he is just 20 years older than her, always. And, like, the narrowest one we have is Daryl Hannah and Steve Martin, which is still, like, gotta be just under 20 years. Like, like it is just a a weird... When he's in his gray era, you don't know where we're at. That's the thing. It's it's so hard to know with him. We could be thirty one. We could do sixty five. Yeah, yeah. You look, you you look it up, and you do that math, and I'll I'll tell you where I'll tell you where we're at. So <laughs> you sound quite confrontational. <laughs> it's just a weird thing, and also to harken back to the other shows we've done this past month. What is the deal with this accent thing? Oh, yeah. Like, why are we all just like we're not going to do it except for one guy who's going to do it really bad? Like, why why is that the reaction here? That I don't know. You know what's interesting? It didn't bug me in this one as, or like I didn't think about For it. For real? Oh man! I'm inconsistent. Still... I was on cold meds. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's fair. She was up. She was down. Um, How would you no. feel if I said that the play coined the word panache? Mm. Oh, I believe it. Yes, invented the wow. word panache. Yes, and that is very fitting because mm. that describes him. He's like, I have yeah. the panache. Absolutely, and I think yeah. I think Dinklage captured the panache for sure. Oh, he's got panache. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Peter Dinklage is just insanely talented. Oh my god, in charming! Like, like all this stuff. Yeah, like, but even like I don't know, like in Elf. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember. He plays the like writer who's like kind of a jerk. Miles Finch. Oh. Subse- yeah, and on subsequent watches, you're like, this is a bit part. Like, this is not a big part, but he is just like 
knocking it out of the park. Like yeah. he absolutely is just giving it He's gonna everything. Put his put his teeth right into that. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, you know. For Game of Thrones, like yeah. I would say he's the star of the show, but uh, some people disagree with me. Uh, those people are wrong. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I don't know. They are. Uh, do we have any um, any math- <laughs> anything else to say? Uh, I I would like to. Oh, you go. You, you sure? Go first, you can go. I I just would I would like to mention a white whale that I was not able to watch this week. I have a we'll name. Try. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but did you guys get eyes on the 1990s Cyrano de Bergerac? It's in no. French. It is in French, and that's why I wanted to watch it. I started watching and it, it and was like, I'm on too much cold medicine to pay attention oh, to real? this. Yeah. Oh, man. But I also wanted uh, to. It stars, yeah, it stars Gerard Depardieu. Uh, it looks all around Ooh. like a thing. <laughs> like, it looks like the, like, like a definitive situation. It literally that has. Probably should be watched. It literally has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, what? it looks so. Really? Yeah, it looks. I found a version online that looked really bad. Yeah, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to watch it. Yeah, uh, but bear. um, uh, it definitely it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I like, don't know why you waited till the very last moments to say you watched the definitive. Uh, what do you mean? I haven't watched it. Oh, I got. He couldn't yeah. get through it. Yeah, couldn't get. I couldn't do. It. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it because of the French. Uh, well, because of bad, bad video quality. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You you ever watch a 720p, uh, some sort of weird upload on a 4K TV, Sean? I have. It's, it's not fun. <laughs> I actually tried to do that with Elvira's Haunted Hills, and it was. <laughs> I, I had to just buy it. <laughs> and pain it was is real. It's real. Uh, we didn't talk about Mega Mind, but uh, oh yeah, Mega Mega Mind's in there. Uh, watch it if you have kids. It's okay. Do you fight it's, the urge to say Mega Munch every time? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, okay. Not at all. It's not. Oh. A, not with, uh, yeah. Maybe I've seen Mega Mind enough. Um, Maybe Mega Munch good. should dress as Mega Mind for Halloween. <gasps> you know, sometimes how he does a little Halloween costume. Yeah. There cute. we go. An exception. Big blue head. Reach out to us, RSM. We've got ideas. <laughs> We've got Put thoughts. It together. Spoiler alert! Presents the Mega Munch costume this year. <laughs> The Mega Mind Mega Munch. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> That's good. Um, um, well, then, should we do a quick little round of what you're watching? Yeah, speed round. Yeah, we can. Speed so, round? Speedy. Well, this maybe doesn't. Okay, I'm going to save the one I was going to talk about because there's no way I can do it quick. Um, okay. Teaser for next week. I'll talk about mm. the newest season of The Vow, the Nixium docuseries. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. Gotta get on. It's a lot. Um, but I, as I have alluded to many times, have been sick. And so on Friday, as I was sadly convalescing in my bed, I said, let me see how many Jane Austen adaptations I can watch in one day. And I got Whoa. through a lot. I got through the whole 95 Pride and Prejudice. I got through the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. I got through a couple others. But I watched the most unhinged adaptation of Northanger Abbey from the 80s that's randomly on Amazon Prime. It's like, oh. it was so horny and so Ooh. surreal. And I was like, this is like no Jane Austen adaptation I've ever watched, but honestly would recommend, especially if you're on cold meds. Wow. There we go. This wow. is some hot, hot. Yeah. yeah. The 80s was horny. Um, uh, I, I'm going to quickly talk about two things, both Disney related. Um, I finally watched Thor Love and Thunder. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think the... Uh, the the mainstreamification of Taika Watiti is a problem, and uh, he needs to he, be stopped. He, well, he just needs to do his own stuff, yeah. and like, I, I I just see things that are like, oh, like this decision was probably made by someone else, and like shoehorned in, and is a little weird. So, anyway, uh, I thought it was weird. I didn't really dig it. The Thor franchise is not as strong as it could be i don't know i don't care and uh i i'm i think i'm definitely marveled out at this point mm. um uh i'm also watching uh andor which is i'm almost done which is a star wars show it is so good and i think they finally like realized that who their target audience may be and all that sort of fun stuff 
And so if you're into Star Wars, definitely watch it. And if you're not into Star Wars, definitely watch it to see if you might be into Star Wars. Okay. Doctor Prescribes and Orm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm watching a series on Netflix called 1899. It's a very bad title, <laughs> but it is about, it's from the same creators as the series called Dark that uh, Netflix also has. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a German, very trippy, weird series. And this is very much the same. It is about uh, a boatload of um, people traveling from Europe to America and we focus on like six or seven of them and they all have sort of backstories of like why they're escaping Europe. Um, and there's this cloud hanging over the boat because four months earlier, a boat of the exact same size just completely disappeared off of the ocean. <gasps> and so everyone's a little weirded out. But then they get an SOS from that boat that's been gone for four months. And then the captain's like, well, we should go look at it and see what's going on. And then they find the boat and it's completely deserted and everyone is like, it's very eerie and weird and a lot of just, I can't even really talk more about it because it's very like spoily, but I'm very much enjoying it. There's a lot of, it's a subtitle uh, show because everyone speaks a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really suggest it. I'm quite engrossed. It's not a phone it's not a phone series. You can't play on the phone because you need to be watching. <laughs> don't phone it in. No, f- don't means. phone it in. Anyway, that's my uh, advice. We'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song Manatuna for our theme song. We'd like to thank everyone here at CJTR and all of you at home for lending us your ears. We are broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Fridays at 3, and are available as a podcast on Spotify, Apple Play, and everywhere else podcasts are played. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, So give us a follow on all those things and have a good night. Bye. Bye. See ya.